0: Well, if you have your Bibles today, I want to start like, just a little mini series uh, called "Christmas Wrapping." And no, I am not about to bust a rhyme. Okay, no, no. This is really, this is really about how God chooses to wrap the gift of His Son. Now, all of you should be in full swing of of this whole Christmas spirit. I mean, uh, all of you should have purchased everything by now. Okay, except for all of the men in the house who know that on Christmas Eve they can get everything that they want from Walmart. The only thing that would be left are some gardening tools. It's always nice to give your wife, just saying. And so, I know you guys are in the Christmas spirit, and you know, I like to give you some things that, that, that really can, can really uh, just stoke the Christmas spirit uh, in your house, and, and I'm going to give you some tools today. These are not spiritual tools, but you can use them on your family and friends, okay? All right, you ready? For not spiritual tool number one, it's a dad joke. Okay, how did the ornament get addicted to Christmas? Well, he was hooked on trees his whole life. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right. Take some tums for that groan that came from this side. All right, all right. Uh, how about this one? Maybe you can use this one. Take this one as your own. Why was Santa's helper uh, you know, a little, a little depressed? Because he had low elf esteem really good. It's pretty good. Okay. I actually heard something really funny uh, about about these two friends. Uh, they were married, and and uh, this friend went. He he went to his friend, and uh, he says, uh, you know, they're right here in Citrus County. He says he 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 goes to his friend. Hey, look at this. Look what I got my wife. And he reaches in. He's got this ring box, and he opens it up. There's this big rock on this ring, and uh, he's like, Wow, man, that's that's. It looks really nice but you know y- your wife she's from Citrus County. I thought she wanted like a big four-wheel drive or something from for for uh for Christmas. He says he says, "Yeah, but I couldn't find a fake Jeep anywhere." <laughs> Put that one in your pocket. That's a, that's a good one. Uh Okay, all right, just one more since you're begging. Okay, okay, since you're begging. Uh, 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 what what do you call uh, a broke Santa Claus? Saint Nicholas. All right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, same question. What do you call a broke Santa Claus? A parent. No, uh, okay. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, all right. <laughs> Back to God's Word, Matthew chapter 1. <laughs> Matthew chapter 1. And we're going to be talking about God's Christmas wrapping. You know, the first Christmas, God wrapped it and presented it to the world. But his wrapping uh, doesn't, doesn't look like anything you would see at a store or outside a place. God wrapped his gift In people. Matter of fact, he wrapped them, he wrapped his son in two people. Joseph and Mary. And today, men, I I, I want you to pay special attention. Because I believe God has a word for the men in here. Now, these principles they apply to women as well, so don't check out women. Don't don't start filling out your Christmas list. Okay. Uh, Listen up, I believe God will speak to you as well. But we want to we become people that are the wrapping of Christ to this community. That there is something beautiful about our lives. So beautiful, in fact, that God allows us to be wrapped around Christ as we present him to everyone in this community. Matthew chapter 1 is what we're going to look at today as we look at. Jesus's stepdad, his earthly father, and how he responded to the coming of this great gift, Christ. Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18, says this, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother, Mary, was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. This is the genesis of the Christmas story. This is where Joseph was displaying what it means to be the wrapping of the gift of God that's coming into the world. Now, he was part of the the one whom God trusted to raise his son, he was the wrapping of this gift. And I want to suggest to you today, men, women, each one of us today who believe in Christ, we are the wrapping. We are the ones who carry this gift to our community. And there's something that we can learn from Joseph. Something that we too need to be wrapped in, which actually was fully wrapped around his life. And if we want to present Christ to the world, we need to learn some of these lessons from Joseph. First thing that I want you to see from Matthew chapter 1 is that we must be wrapped in righteousness. We must be wrapped in righteousness. Verse 18 says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Notice these words. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man. Being a just man. This word in Greek is diakos, and it means this. It means judicially approved. It means one who has been approved by God. It means righteous. It means just in the eyes of God. Now, if you and I actually want to carry Christ, we've actually got to get the root system of our life connected to this one idea. I am righteous. I am righteous. You see, every decision Joseph was considering was connected to his righteousness, his standing with God. And and I I, I want to say this to everybody who who much many of us men we we're connected to performance. We like to perform. We like to accomplish something. We like to get something done at the end of the day. But I I I, I just want to say to all of my my men who who want to do something, it's not good men doing something that changed the world for God. It is men who are righteous. It's men who are righteous. It's really, we need to be quick to understand that the world is changed by righteous men, not men who do just good things. 2 Corinthians 5, 20 and 21 says this. It says, Now we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he, this is God the Father, made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Listen, you may have trouble thinking of yourself as righteous. You may be more comfortable with the idea of failure, of even the religious title of sinner, but Jesus didn't come to call you a sinner. He came to make you righteous. And it was God's divine plan to send his son because his desire has always been to make us righteous, to set his seal of approval on us. Listen, people who live very conscious of sin are paralyzed, paralyzed in fear and and paralyzed in performance. But those who live connected to God and what he has done for us, those are the people who change the world, who are aware of the goodness of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God. Those are the ones changed the world. And God wants us to be righteous. It was always his plan. Always his plan. Even in the garden. Now, in youth ministry, I used to get this question, and I'm sure that maybe some of your kids, as they're introduced to some of the thoughts from the Bible, uh, you know, especially when it, when it comes to sin, which is the very thing that separates us from God, our kids sometimes have a very high sense of justice. And our kids are like, I wasn't in that garden. I didn't eat that fruit. I don't even like fruit. Matter of fact, if God were making a garden today and putting some of our kids in it, the trees would have to make chicken nuggets and mac and cheese. <laughs> Okay, that's it. That's it. And the mac and cheese would be the knowledge of good and evil <laughs> And the nuggets are the tree of life, OK? And so <laughs> And so, you know, our kids would know, well, I didn't sin in the garden. Why Why is that sin on my life? And maybe you, uh, maybe you've even had a similar thought. You may be like, Why am I responsible for something that happened way back then? Uh, let me just tell you, the reason you're responsible is because God's good. I'm going to show you and you're going to be blown away. See, Satan thought he had all of humanity. He thought he had them. When he caused Adam and Eve to rebel against God and to sin, he's like, oh, that's it. No more image of God in the earth. Eternal separation and death is coming. I've got them. And it's going to be passed to all their children. But notice what Romans five eighteen says. It says, "Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one capital M man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in the justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's this is Jesus's obedience, many will." Be made righteous. Listen, this is God's good plan. If one falls and all the sins get imputed, then one can live in perfection in the goodness and plan of God. God's own Son can wrap himself in flesh, come and live without sin, give his life as a sacrifice, and then all who believe can be made righteous. And if you want to be this this something that God uses as wrapping to bring the gift of Christ, you must allow this truth to become evident in your life. I'm wrapped in righteousness. Well, it stands to reason the next question. Okay, well, how do I become righteous? It's very simple. Romans 10, 9 and 10, many of you know it. It says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and listen, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. You say, what do I have to do to be righteous? You need to believe. You need to believe that God sent the gift of his son to pay a price you could never pay for yourself. You need to believe. And by the way, I'm not talking about a mental assent, like you pick your religious affiliation like you pick your political party, like you looked at the platform and you're kind of like, eh, I don't really like that religion, I don't really like that religion, can't really stand with them, and so a Christian, yeah, those are pretty good, so okay, that's the one I'll pick, or perhaps you grew up in the Bible belt and you got the belt if you didn't go to church, <laughs> so you became a Christian. That's not how you become a Christian. Listen, believing is not a mental assent. The word belief in Greek is the action word of faith. It means to put the confidence in, and belief means there is a corresponding action. That when you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God, you give him your life. You just surrender all. You say, why would you say it that way? Here's why. Because Jesus is perfect theology, and that's exactly what he did. When we see Jesus give his all for us in the cross through his death, burial, and resurrection, then what do we do in response? We give our all to him. And so, is it belief? Yes, it is. We need to have the conviction, and we need to understand who he is and what he did. Yes, that is true. But belief is determining to allow his gospel to change who We are. And it will when we're wrapped in righteousness. It's a total conviction that Jesus is Lord and allow every one of his truths inside to transform our life. Joseph trusted, was trusted. Think about this. Joseph was trusted to present Christ to the world, even to parent Christ because he was righteous. And look at me, all the men in here, you need to look at me. God trusts you enough to carry Christ to this world. He trusts you. He trusts you. You say, I don't trust myself. Okay, well, die to yourself, come alive to him, and say, the life I now live, I live for the glory of the Son of God. Jesus lives in me. He lives through me. That's how you do it. He trusts you to present his son. But listen, if we're going to be the wrapping, it's because we are wrapped in righteousness. Nothing we did for ourselves, but in everything he did for us. Secondly, if we're, we're going to learn this lesson from Joseph, we need to be wrapped in relationship with God. We need to be wrapped in this relationship with God. Matthew 1:20 says, but while he thought about these things, notice these next words, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you, Mary your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you'll, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Notice, no, notice this. First, because I, I believe he was righteous, Joseph paused. It says, and while he thought about these things, he took a nap. Have you ever heard the old statement? I need to sleep on that one. Anybody ever made a bad decision? Like it was a snap decision and you made it and you like, oh, I wish I had made a different decision. Anybody still making payments because of, I'm just sorry. yeah, 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 yeah. some of you. Some of us, it was because he was righteous, he paused, but it was because he had a relationship, God spoke to him. How do I know? God says, Joseph, son of David. He calls him by name. And out of that moment where God is speaking to him by name, he gives him the whole plan. He gives him the whole plan. And uh, I, 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 I want to just say to you, that God speaks to those that he's in relationship and God's voice is imperative to being men and women who follow God in tough circumstance. I know that many of you right now, you're facing uh, circumstances that are bigger than you. Men, you may, you may feel uh, helpless to fix whatever you are facing. Here's what I would say to you. You need to not only wrap yourself in the righteousness that comes from God, but you need to wrap yourself in the relationship that you have with God. And because of Christ, we do have a relationship and God will see us through the tough circumstance. You say, what was tough about Joseph? Joseph, his his betrothed wife, not married, they are simply engaged. Now in Jewish culture, they take engagement so seriously that in order to break the engagement, you would have to get a divorce. But during engagement, you didn't sleep together. I bless you with that. (laughs) You still don't. And they hadn't slept together, and now Mary's pregnant. And she says, Joseph, what's in me? God did it. Sure he did. He's thinking it over. He's pausing. and He's like, oh, I, I know what I'll do. I'll just, I'll just put her away quietly. I don't want her to suffer too much. She's going to go through enough raising a child on her own. But, you know, I'll just back out of this situation. It is tough. It's not officially married. I mean, after all, Joseph's reputation is on the line. You see, Joseph, not only Joseph, but Mary as well, were of the lineage of David. The very name associated with the heart of the nation is attached to his family. And now, publicly, he thinks, I am going to bring shame on the family that is at the heart of the nation. This is a tough moment. But in a tough moment, he pauses and leans into relationship. And this is what happened God speaks. Let me just say that with all confidence, if you're in the middle of a tough situation, the voice of God is enough to get you through. If you ever get a word from heaven, it'll be enough to step over circumstance. You'll know that Psalm 23 is true. It says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because God, he'll even prepare a table in, in the presence of my enemies. He says, my cup which was empty, now we'll run over. Amen. You'll begin to know that it may not make sense to anybody else, but I got a word from heaven, and I got a God who will speak to me. And what we have to lean into, what we have to get wrapped in, as we carry the gift of Christ to this community, especially during this season, is we've got to get wrapped in relationship. God wanted to move through Joseph, not based on man's approval, but but because of his approval of Joseph. And this overcoming attitude is the direct uh, result of his relationship with God. You see in 1 John 5, it says these words, For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God, you notice those words, that's actually referring to Those who have placed faith in Christ, those who are sons and daughters, those who have been born again, born of God's spirit for whatever is born of God, listen, overcomes the world, overcomes tough circumstances, overcomes opposition. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the son of God. This overcoming attitude is a direct relationship relationship to his own personal encounter with God. What does he do when he has a word from God? He goes right to Mary, takes her as his wife and says, I don't care what anybody else thinks. I'm going to do what God has told me to do. Maybe some of you in here, you're like, oh man, a pastor, I wish I could hear the voice of God, the way that you hear the voice of God or the way others hear the voice of God. I want to just ask you one question that oftentimes I ask people who say, man, I'm having trouble hearing the voice of God. What's the last thing God spoke to you? What's the last thing God spoke to you? Most of us in that moment could go back and remember the last thing that God spoke to us. And then I have a follow-up question. Did you do it? Did you do it? Did you embrace it? Did you go for it? Did you allow it to hold sway over your life? Did you allow the the benefits of that relationship and that voice and that word to move you? Because Joseph did. And because he was wrapped in his relationship with God. The word that came changed the course of his life and also the course of Mary's. And ultimately the way that Jesus would be given to the world. And let me encourage you today to wrap yourself in relationship with God and get a word from heaven. And no matter what the culture or anyone else says, you'll be able to stand. You'll find a strength and an overcoming attitude. When your relationship with God is the preeminent relationship in your life, you can trust that God will give you a word. And with that word, the strength to overcome will arrive. Acts four thirteen when Peter and John were under intense persecution in the early church, they were trying to silence the church. Notice what those in authority said about Peter and John. It says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized they had been with Jesus. And you know what they did? They said, hey, no more speaking in this name. Peter and John just said, hey, you decide what is better whether I am to obey God or obey man. And they would leave and they would go back to their own company and they would pray and ask for signs and wonders and the place where they prayed was shaken. They didn't give up. They had an overcoming attitude and that was directly connected to being wrapped in their relationship with God. Lastly, if we want to be these people, especially the men in here today, you want to be this this person that actually is deeply connected into the presentation of Christ to this community. I believe that each one of you are, are hearing that call that you must be wrapped in reality. You can't be wrapped, you know, only in righteousness and only in your relationship with God. You need to be wrapped in reality. I love this. Verse 24, Matthew 1, it says, Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till after she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. If we are going to be men and women who genuinely carry the gift of Christ to this community, we cannot be seduced to sleep. It says, Joseph being aroused, he's awakened. He's awakened to the reality. He understands the moment that he's in, he understands the desire of God for his life. And we must wake up, church, and do what he says. Men of God, listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit today saying, wake up and do what God has said. Wake up and take your place. I speak prophetically to every gift in you. And I say, wake up, gifts of God. Wake up, men of God. Wake up, voice of God. Because God wants to use you. He wants to take Christ and wrap your life around him and give you as a gift to this community we must wake up and do what he says I love this if he's in chapter 5 this is what the word of the Lord is to us in this season as we consider the gift that Christ is at Christmas time, Ephesians 5:14 says therefore he says awake you who sleep arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Understand what the will of the Lord is. When you get awakened to God, you begin to know what God's will is. Remember what we said last week, John a Jesus says these words, I am the light of the world and those who follow me will not walk in darkness. That's a promise to every believer. And that if you'll follow God and you'll be wrapped in relationship, the light of a revelation, the light of illumination will follow you everywhere that you go. It may seem pretty dark to everybody else, but God's word starts to become a light to your path. It'll enlighten your next step. He comes and he speaks and he shines the light as we follow God. We can know what the will of the Lord is. Verse 18 in Ephesians 5 says, And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making a melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, this is saying, understand what the word of, of the, the will of the Lord is, and listen to this. He addresses this in the middle of this. He says, And don't be drunk with wine. Don't be drunk. Why? Because he's saying it's a counterfeit. It's a counterfeit. Well, what's the authentic? The authentic is being filled with the Holy Spirit. The world says you need a bottle to have joy. All I say is you need God in your life through Jesus Christ to have joy. And not only does joy show up, but love shows up and peace shows up that passes understanding. When he shows up, he comes and heals you, restores you, sustains you. He's like bread come down from heaven, the main staple of your life. He's the water that quenches every thirst. He's God. Don't accept a counterfeit. I know you've got Christmas parties, and you may stick out like a a sore thumb drinking water, but somebody there needs to understand what the will of the Lord is. Somebody there needs to understand that I'm going to be the wrapping that carries Christ into a dark situation. And when I come, the light shows up. And when I come, God wants to shift a situation. I mean, over over Thanksgiving break, I had the opportunity to be at one of those kind of parties. Well, you know what happens at one of those kind of parties when everybody's drinking? They all want to talk to the pastor. (laughs) It's not the way I think. Uh, That's kind of weird. But sure enough, before I know it, lots of beer bottles around me. And I'm preaching the gospel. Woo! Guys, listen. You got to wrap yourself in relationship with God. And say, listen, I'm not going to live for a counterfeit. I'm living for the real thing. I'm living for the presence of God on my life. And if God trusts me enough to carry his presence into a dark situation, then I'm just going to be bold enough to go. Amen. Amen. Yes, Jesus. This is what God wants us to see in this season. Men of God. God trusts you. Wrap yourself, wrap yourself in a a righteousness that's not your own. Wrap yourself in the relationship with God and get a word from heaven. And stand on that word and do what God says. And allow that word to shape and train you. And then live in reality. Don't be seduced to sleep by our culture. Culture is, is, the siren of our culture is singing a song over the church. And this is the song. This is the verse. Just be normal. Just be normal. <laughs> Calm down. Calm down. And then they throw in these little taglines. Hell really isn't real. Oh, God will just save everybody. And the church is, is seduced to sleep by a lullaby of culture when all along God wants to show up in a dream and wake you up. Give you a word and wake you up so you can live in reality. And believe me, it's joyous. It's joyous. It's the only life you would ever want to live. in full, Allowing God to be in full control. This is what God wants us to do. We can learn this from Joseph. And I believe it's by God's grace that we can actually walk in the character that Joseph displayed. So that the whole world will sing the chorus with new revelation. Joy to the world. The Lord has come.